0: We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical.
1: Just one more thing.
0: Hey, now. Oh Holy mechanical armies. Mom always liked you best. Oh, she did.
1: <laughs> you wanted to be one way. What is the other way? One of these days. Are we having fun yet?
0: It's gonna be legend. Wait for it.
1: Now, you might very well think that, but of course I couldn't possibly comment. Bertie Hellens agreed. Oh, come on! Missed it by that much. Good evening. Hello and welcome to the Televerse, Sound On TV podcast. This is Kate Kulczyk and I'm joined as ever by Simon Howell. Simon, how's it going?
0: Uh, it's going. Merry it's going.
1: Christmas!
0: Oh yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas! I I think I think I'm on record. I think my 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 feelings about the holidays are on record somewhere. Uh, and especially you know like last last Christmas was exciting because I got your your package of of Christmas delights, but this year that's someone else's job. So I don't know, it's just an average Christmas, I guess.
1: Well, I I would have sent cookies, but you said not to, so therefore I did I did not no, my it's, fault.
0: It was it was the right thing for me to say. But it now feels less good. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's just I can't win.
1: So it's, it's like cookies, yay! But then all then I eat all uh, of them. Why do you think I send them blah. to people so that I don't eat them all? Because yeah. otherwise I would. It's it's and I I have many fabulous, wonderful students who gave me Christmas presents of various forms of chocolate because it's a safe gift. I understand. But now there's <laughs> just a giant pile of temptation sitting upstairs. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, that's never any good.
1: <laughs> well, it's the end of the year. It's it, This is, of course, coming out on Christmas, and uh, I assume most of you won't be listening to it on Christmas, maybe if you're driving or something, but uh, it's the end of the year, uh, and that means top tens, and for us, that means top ten TV. We have our Sound on Site, you know, Site-wide, top, what, 24? That's out, yes. and you, uh, everybody can check that out there. It was it was very gratifying last year, there were a few on there where I was like, Huh, this year, uh we're all simpatico, it seems."
0: I don't know if it's because we we rooted out the um the Philistines or if or if everyone just has agreed to agree with us, but it was a, 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 we thought it was an excellent list because we didn't disagree with it.
1: Which kind of gives you a little bit of a preview for what for what we will have coming here. But to, I guess get into things. Let's start with we're gonna break this into a few different chunks and play some different music and clips in between each one. And we're gonna start out with the the shows that we each had on our top tens that didn't match each other. Last year, we agreed on all but one show, and I had Doctor Who and you had, I wanna say Archer?
0: Yes, so, I mean, I clearly won there.
1: And I hadn't <laughs> I hadn't seen Archer yet at that point. And Doctor Who had a much stronger season last year than this year, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but this year, we've diverged even further. We agree on eight shows. So first, the, <laughs> the four shows that we did not agree on. What are they? they dead. And trapped here i don't know whether to be scared for you or scared of you what i am
0: who i am has got to mean something you've got a destiny i'm sorry kid i'm gonna make you proud of me Mum. i hope so
1: a man gets out of jail three years maybe takes a trip to some island somewhere you'll get out a month buy a piece of my racetrack. track and then i'm halfway nervous you think you're the first front in history I think, Mr. Bernstein, something personal is going on here. Some people lying is like breathing.
0: Good luck. Where is your money?
1: I always want to wonder... You might be pissed off. Get in. So you're just going to leave me in that thing? Like some guy caged up like some animal? I'm an office dog. It's my
0: duty to entertain.
1: It's so cute. You, darling, are a 9.5. Out of 20.
0: I need you to review and summarize by Friday. This Friday? I
1: like your attitude. Let's make it Wednesday. That guy rubs me the wrong way. (laughs) Literally. Time for you to step up, Ollie. What's that film that you love? What film? The one about the fucking hairdresser, the space hairdresser and the cowboy. The guy's, he's got a tinfoil pal and a pedal bin. His father's a robot and he's fucking fucked his sister. Lego. They're all made of fucking Lego. Star Wars. That's the one, right. It's like that, okay. I'm going to fucking kill all the bad guys. And you'll be able to blow up the big
0: the death star, the death star yes. thing
1: yes then you can go and live happily ever after on the planet of the teddy bear yeah, it's a fantastic analogy, analogy. well done uh, i had in my number 10 spot the fades which was a show that aired over in the uk last year but over on bbc america this i want to say this this summer right yes and the reason this uh, to be honest the reason this is my number 10 show of the year is because there were about Uh, almost 10 shows probably that were tied for this spot there there were you know there was a a handful of really great shows and then there were a, a hand another handful of very good shows that were kind of vying for my bottom few spots on the list and when deciding, you know, which shows I I would put in those spots, I decided to go for something that maybe people wouldn't have seen, that maybe people wouldn't be expecting. I don't think, for example, Game of Thrones won't be on my list, but I don't think people need me to tell them that Game of Thrones had a very good season. I think people know that, and so instead I went with The Fades, which is a, a sort of apocalyptic, uh, zombie show, sort of. Uh, but it was really fun. It was very unexpected for me, and it it went in ways that I think other shows of this ilk wouldn't have the balls to go. And uh, I'm very disappointed that it seems like we will not be getting a second season. The lead has just been cast to be on Joss Whedon's new S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Uh, I he will I assume be too busy doing that to be able to have uh, do another season of the fades at least anytime soon. So
0: well, maybe maybe he'll opt for doing the fades again instead of being on the new Joss Whedon superheroes. Uh, never mind, that's not gonna
1: that's happen. not that's not happening. It's, it's already in pre production. It's uh, he's already cast. It's yeah. Um, anyway, so I really like the fades. What did you think of the fades?
0: I really dug the fades. Um, there's absolutely no reason. I mean, I don't think this is going to be anything that you don't have on your top ten. It's not on my where I'm going to be like, that show is bullshit. <laughs> uh, no, they're they're all, they're, th- these are all good shows we're talking about. I think we can agree on all of them. And uh, the, the Fades is really fun, especially, you know, I, I, I've said this before, but I, the British have it easy sometimes with, with their short seasons, sorry, series. They, they, they may complain, but I think they'll, if if they could imagine a parallel universe where all their series get 22 episode orders instead, I think they would stick with what they got.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So, if if you are genre fans and uh, you haven't seen the fades, check it out. There's a lot of fun coming of age, a lot of a nice twist on the the chosen one, and especially the chosen one mentor dynamic, um, that I've I very much enjoyed. And I think I think you guys will too. So that's that's my number ten. Um, you're going to talk about next your number seven pick,
0: right? Which is luck. Uh, and and actually, these are the two shows that will definitely not be returning yes uh, next year uh, i mean luck uh, luck i, I find it especially sad because it's basically a punchline at this point you know it, it nobody really watched it when it was on even before the uh you know the it, it had its its controversy and after that it became better known for that than being a good show so i guess maybe that was why i felt com- one of the reasons i felt compelled to include it david milch's dialogue is like is unlike anything else on tv and Even if he doesn't get the credit for every individual teleplay, you know that he's there rewriting every line, (laughs) line by line, and obsessing over the quirks of every performance. And there's there's really just nothing else like it in TV history, as far as I know. And it, it may not be as relentlessly quotable as, say, Deadwood, but it was nice to see him work in a mode that wasn't quite as inscrutable as something like John from Cincinnati, which I've still, to be honest, been unable to get past two or three episodes on. And uh, and obviously just a just a, an amazing cast. Justin Hoffman doing series television for the first time ever, uh, even if the criminal aspect of his character wasn't as as interesting as I was hoping. But uh, the uh, the degenerates, 4A for, stables. yeah, for for a state the the for a stables crew. Every scene involving them was just golden, and that and that was quite a lot. Um, everything with John Ortiz I loved. Everything with with uh, Jill Hennessy later in the season. Uh, everything with Richard Kind. I mean, there was just so much goodness. Even if and and I haven't even gotten to the horse races, which were just absolutely insanely incredible. Uh, so e- even even d- despite a few things that didn't work, uh, for instance, Michael Gammon's character, not uh, that stuff didn't work quite as much as I would have hoped, didn't didn't really click or do anything new. For everything like that, there were five or six other things that I just thought were awesome and totally unique. So I will miss that show, and I'm really hoping that uh, I I know that Milch and Mann and company sort of hinted that they would reconvene for a different show that wouldn't involve killing any horses. Uh, But uh, although frankly, I think it's totally up Milch's alley. I I think it's totally his style to now just do a whole show themed specifically around killing horses just to piss (laughs) people off. But uh, I'm hoping they actually do reconvene because that, that, that was such an amazing crew to get together and to have them just just disband that quickly seems like a shame.
1: Well, it was a series of, you know, you know, looking at the the individual components of, of the the show. It was a series of either career best performances or it's about damn time somebody gave this actor a good meaty character performance. And, and so it was just thinking back on, on some of these characters and, and, you know this world it was so wonderful to get to to see, for example, Richard Kind, who most viewers know from Spin City and from these sort of goofball characters he plays, seeing him get to sink his teeth into a much more nuanced and interesting character and and there's this you know there's pretty much every character that or every actor that you recognize on that show it's a similar situation for them. And not to mention, you know, Carrie Condon, some of these other actors that I'm familiar with and I haven't seen in a while because they've been off doing stage and other shows that I might not have caught up with yet. It was just a pleasant surprise to see them see them together. And I do agree that the uh, the dynamic as a whole worked really well. Um, I, I think, in gen- you know, the, the show was a bit more hit and miss for me than it was for you. But I, I would say p- uh, listeners should... Maybe wait till next week, and we're gonna have some more. Uh, we're gonna have some more luck talk, maybe in our best sequences or moments. There are a couple. Yeah, we're
0: we're gonna be doing all sorts know. of weird categories next week. Uh, best best use of of dead horses? No, not really. Um, see now, I best use of a classical
1: line. music. How about that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lo-
0: lo- lots of options. And I, the other thing I found really cool about luck is knowing who the personnel were involved in making it. You could actually identify what every person was responsible for. It wasn't just you know you you could totally get the digital cinematography and the um and just the, and the style of the horse racing sequences from man you could get the dialogue and the milieu and the lingo from Milch and et cetera et cetera and um and even the way that they they found um they found horse racing writers to write episodes as opposed to TV writers mm-hmm. uh you know people people who are more more accustomed to to writing columns on horse racing. Like just stuff like that I find fascinating. It's like, when are you going to see anything like that again? Well, you aren't, is the answer.
1: Well, and it's just there was such a sense of love in this show, too. The, clearly, the, the the key people involved, aside from all what happened with the horses, there's clearly a true love and respect for horses. That's at least demonstrate, if you want to argue about what happened on set, that you know, we can have that conversation another time. But as far as the finished product, when you watch that show, there's such a genuine sense of of love in it, in the show as a whole, and that's something that I I particularly respond to. And I'm going to bring that up a couple other times later in this episode. But uh yeah, mm-hmm. any any final thoughts on luck?
0: No, uh, uh, here's like I said, I'm just hoping that we get some of this crew reassembled again for something that will rankle less. <laughs>
1: Next next uh, for me is Wilfred, which is in my number nine spot. And uh, as, as much as, you know, we're going to go on and on about how this has been such a fabulous year for television. That being said, most of the shows that we're going to talk about probably had slightly better seasons last year. And one of the reasons I have Wilfred on my list, uh, first of all, it was a it was a discovery for me this year. It was a fun, really fun one. But this that's one of the shows that is a little bit better this year and, and kind of got a few things right and took a, a few chances maybe that um, that maybe it didn't last year. And so I wanted to reward its progress and the fact that mm-hmm. it's hilarious. And one of the most entertaining things I saw it, uh, at, at uh, Comic-Con this year was that, was that panel uh, got a lot of love for, for that crew at least in panel form. Um, and so, yeah, watching Elijah Wood and, and, you know, and and I feel like the addition of Alison Mack this season was really great. Not to mention the just the the complete embracing of bizarre, trippiness, and uh, you know the the fact that they went there with a few of these storylines, um, I thought really worked. And not to mention that they they killed me a couple times this season when uh, when Ryan breaks up with again Alison Mack's character. I can't remember her name. That was devastating. It was so well played and. um and it was also one of the more reliable comedies this season for me as well. So, well done, Wilfred. Glad to hear it's coming back. And, uh, yeah, I'm very glad to have discovered it this year.
0: Yeah, Wilfred is one of those shows that you're shocked gets a following. Like, you're pleased that it gets a following, but if it, I, I feel like if it weren't for the presence of Elijah Wood, I feel like nobody would have given it a chance. Mm-hmm. When it when it premiered, so it's it's very, I mean, because otherwise it would have been just some guy, and then and then in some other guy who happens to be Australian. Yeah. <laughs> like this, there's no way I don't think it, people would have picked up on it. So, props to Elijah Wood. You could be doing anything right now, and you're doing this. So yeah. good for you. <laughs> this in the Maniac remake. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it didn't make my top ten, but I, I agree that it's it's a solid candidate for most improved. Uh, I did like the first season; it was a little bit spottier. This, this was, this felt more solid. I felt like it was more uh, sort of earnest and comfortable with being sort of heartfelt, even though it spends a lot of its time being deliberately crude or deliberately, uh, you know, deliberately uh, a, a sort of a trip or a, or a you know, a mindfuck. We can say. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like one of the other qualities that we really reward here at, in Teliverse Land is is trippiness because. You know, we're 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 big Twin Peaks fans. We're we're big, you know, X Files fans. We're and and you know, there isn't really enough. Um, I I don't feel like there's there's as much formal experimentation, and visual experimentation on TV as there sh- as I don't think there's as much as there should be. Um, you know, which is why when we got similar bits on Fringe and even Mad Men, I I tended to freak out when mm-hmm. that happened. And um and there's there's some element of that in basically every episode of Wilfred, just based on the fact that there's. Every every episode of Wilfred you're watching features cognitive dissonance, because one character is seeing something that nobody else is, and everybody else is seeing things he isn't. Yeah. And just to just to get your head around this, the fact that you have to wrap your head around that every time you watch an episode makes for better comedy, mm. and and makes for sometimes more interesting drama. And uh, the the fact that they really begin to toy with those possibilities more this season, I think, is what made it better for me.
1: Yeah. Well, and then, of course, these are always going to be incredibly personal lists, and part of what probably put this on my top ten for the year, my personal list, maybe if I had to say objective best it wouldn't be on there but for me for my list was I got to watch this show my sister I, we would watch it together and she's a, such a dog person <laughs> <laughs> long term listeners of the televerse will be familiar with Rico Suave her dog who makes random appearances on the show um, but, but so watching it with her and getting all of that extra joy and humor out of the the tiny details that I would never pick up on because I don't have a dog um, just made it you know all the more fun so again, a, a joyful ex- viewing experience for me. Um, so y- your next show is your number five,
0: which is the thick of it, which is not on your list at all. Which I think so. I, th- I think that's that's the biggest discrepancy for us. My number five isn't on yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, shame on you. Uh, the thi- <laughs> the thick of it had its most likely its final series. Uh, it's been running for quite a while. It it, it sometimes took long breaks between series. And I don't know. I, I guess I just—it has to do with what you value. And as much as I like Veep, uh, which I think was uh, you know a solid contender for best new comedy, maybe. Uh, although there actually there are a few of those. Um, as much as I like Veep, it doesn't have the venom of the thick of it, which is what I really value about it. It's clearly a, a different beast. Maybe maybe based on the fact that American politics couldn't possibly be as personal to Ianucci as British politics are, but. Um, I don't know. I, I thought every single, every single one of these seven final episodes hit the mark, uh, and and sometimes surprisingly, I, I know it, it was a matter of debate here, but the sixth episode, which was an hour long, seriously, what other TV show is going to do an hour long episode? And I don't mean a 42 minute episode. I mean a full 57 minute episode that was completely set within the walls of a of of inquiry hearings and still managed to be funny and even managed to be a little bit dramatic. I thought that was kind of amazing. And uh, little things like, like the way he didn't let the actors rehearse, I think, really, really showed through in a in a fantastic way. And and also, you know, I'm not even American, but I get really sick of election hype. Really, really <laughs> sick of it. The fact that you guys go through it every two years, I find absolutely mind-boggling. I don't know how you get through it. I don't know how you haven't changed this whole system yet.
1: The Daily but Show.
0: Anyway. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, there you go. The Daily Show is is uh, is spurring on apathy, um, but uh, so you know, whenever whenever we do get ridiculous election season hype, I, I feel like I need a corrective, like the think of it to remind me these are just people, and most people are terrible, um, <laughs> which which I know is a philosophy you and I differ on, uh, which is maybe why it's not on your list, but um, and and I'm sure we're we're gonna have cause to to. You know, repeat this name but peter capaldi might very well be tv's most important actor right now <laughs> uh he's he's great on the hour and he's absolutely stunning on this especially this series the thick of it and and there are two completely different roles and i can't think of anyone else like for all the great actors on television right now i can't think of anyone who who had two roles so different this year and both so good
1: well, and I know I, I've said this to you so many times, but uh, eventually you will see uh, Torchwood's season three, Children of Earth, which features him prominently. And it's uh, it's I guess it's more similar to his character on The Hour, but it's even different than that. It, he's such a fabulous performer, Peter Capaldi. And uh, I look forward to seeing if your your enjoyment of him will outweigh your potential issues with the Doctor who of, mm-hmm. of, of that series, but it was amazing. That was, that was my introduction to, to Peter Capaldi other than in, in, you know, in the loop and the thick of it. I think for me, the reason this isn't on my list uh, is week to week. I didn't enjoy this series as much as you did. I was still laughing. I was still recommending it to everyone. I still do recommend it to everyone, but I think I also enjoy some of the earlier seasons of the thick of it a bit more that I've seen. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, while it was consistently entertaining, it, wasn't in my top handful of of comedies this year, so maybe I'll look back on it. I'll catch up with it at some point when we when they officially announce they're not doing any more, so that we can do a DVD shelf. Maybe I'll have a a, a better you know appreciation of it then. But uh, but no, it's definitely definitely our biggest dissonance between our two lists. But also yeah. you know definitely a good show.
0: I, as far as I'm concerned, the only thing that could have made this season any better would have been a surprise appearance from Tom Hollander as the fucker. Uh, <laughs> as as he appeared at the end of last season because that was was probably only about two minutes long but it might be my favorite two minutes of the entire show
1: Nice, nice We'll have to see So that wraps up our list differences As it were, we're going to take a little break listen to some some clips and some music and come back and talk about our next section of shows get a little more of the hive mind going, perhaps Yes So we'll be right back Draw a picture of my dad's mustache really giving it to a caterpillar
0: No, don't do that
1: Do it, do it, do it Quick,
0: circumcise Gene! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Circumcise me! Circumcise me! Quick, quick! Dear diary, tonight we're sneaking into the dangerous taffy factory. Also, if boys had uteruses, they'd be called deuteruses. <laughs> deuteruses. Teddy, you'll eat anything. What? I won't eat anything. I'm pretty discerning. Eat this. No. Oh. What was that? Don't feed a guy a sponge, Bobby. <laughs> you, don't feed a guy a sponge. You put it in your mouth, Teddy. <sighs> Are we just going to ignore the fact that
1: Louise pooped in the pool? Ignore it. I named it Jezebel.
0: My little grand duty.
1: Uh, that... How did... How did you do this? Called in a few favors. Excuse me, dude. A few... Hundred favors. Mr. Vice President, Ben Wyatt from Congressman Murray's office. Hey, Ben, Dave told me you were gonna be coming by, and you must be Leslie No. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> You're... My, my... My name just came out of your mouth. Well, you yeah, did. <laughs> this isn't happening. This, this isn't real. No, it's it's happening. and I'm delighted to have you here. On behalf of the President and myself, I want to- Oh, won't Mr. Vice it. President, I am deeply flattered. But there's no way that I could take over Madam Secretary Clinton's position. I mean- I'm confident you could do that job or any other, but okay, the reason- Okay, I will. <laughs> uh, well, the reason- Oh, my God. This is going to be awesome.
0: Ow! Oh, the dust! It's like being shot in the eyes by a
1: glitter gun. There, that ought to do it Okay, let's try that
0: again Ah, shit! Retinas! Seared like tuna steaks. All I want is to fight on the top of a train! Is that too much to ask?
1: The good news is now I'm furious We are back and the the next show we're going to talk about uh, is my number eight, your number nine And it's, it's one of our new favorites on the televerse One of our consistently most reliable, I would say And that's Bob's Burgers
0: Remember how I said Peter Capaldi was TV's most important person? You could also make a strong case for H. John Benjamin, who you almost never see on TV unless you happen to watch John Benjamin Has a Van last year, which would make you probably me and one of four other people. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, he's amazing, and this show is is so good. Although I guess most of the credit actually belongs to Lauren Bouchard, who's uh you know he's a bit of a veteran. He's he's done a lot of sort of more offbeat uh, cartoons in the past. This is by far his most conventional uh, and his most accessible in terms of a mainstream audience, but it's no, but luckily he hasn't toned down his weirdness at all in terms of his sense of humor and sensibility. And every part of that comes out, especially in the kids of the, uh, of the Belcher clan who they, I think we can all agree they're the best kid characters on TV right now and possibly some of the best ever
1: yeah they're pretty amazing tina jean and louise i mean just the fact that that louise doesn't always steal the show amongst the kids she's of course the most energetic the most out there and crazy and so the fact that they they've created such distinct comedic voices for each of the three characters and the fact that they they are managed to balance each other of you know which character is getting the laughs and which you know i think that's that's particularly impressive i feel like a character a character like louise would be really easy to become the arcle of the show to kinda of take mm. over and you know or the Sheldon and become the, the, the character that you're like, oh what's crazy thing is she gonna do next? Um, and instead they it they do have a very real sensibility to, to the the personality in these kids. I love how how Louise just doesn't get the 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 puberty thing and her commentary about towards you know her her reactions towards Jean and uh and 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 Tina is just one of confused uh psychopathy really at a certain point um and and then that's balanced so well with with the the parents and the guest cast that comes in I mean if we're gonna talk about H John Benjamin who is fantastic and And the rest of this regular cast, you are all, you know, just top-notch every week. We also have to talk about just the creativity and fun of the voice casting on this show.
0: Yeah, besides all the gender-bending that's going on, it's got one of the more interesting guest casts on TV. It can't can't quite rival The Good Wife, but so often you'll watch an episode and not even think about who you're hearing, and then you get to the credits and you're like, really? (laughs) Is that Galifianakis? Kevin Klein? The Silvermans? Et cetera, et cetera. Especially the Silvermans, I'm always, I'm always taken aback by that.
1: Well, it's just, you know, it, it's one of the, and, and it's creative and fun voice casting too. It's not just. These are people oh, that we look like. Look who we
0: got! Yeah. Look who
1: we got in to to sound like themselves. I think they've. Ha- they, they. I feel like they always have. Uh, um, Megan Mullally on. Uh, you know, relatively frequently, but she's usually playing different types of characters, and it's not just the what I what feels like the Megan Mullally stock character at this point, which is pretty much Tammy too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, some combination between Karen and Tammy too, but almost every episode feels like a who who is that. And then you get to the credits and, of course, you know. It's, of course, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, So I feel like this this show has got to be just a, a comedy fan's dream in that way.
0: And sometimes you'll get a random one-line appearance from Michael Madsen, because why not? Because
1: why not? <laughs> <laughs> it has its own visual style, which I appreciate. I'm very much looking forward to the Archer and Bob's Burgers crossover that we have coming for us next year. Uh, I'm very intrigued. I'm, I'm still
0: confused as to how that's going to work, but Whatever.
1: But hey, it it's, it's to me it sounds like peanut butter in my chocolate uh, or vice versa. So so it it should be it should be a lot of fun. Um but but yeah, I remember at, again at being at Comic-Con, the the line for the Bob's Burgers panel, I wasn't expecting too much, you know, any trouble getting into that. It was out the door, people had been waiting for hours and they got turned away. So, the, yeah. The overall numbers aren't as high as they were in its first season. But over the course of this year, which is the second season and then the start of this third season that we're currently on, I feel like it's gotten a lot more critical buzz, uh, though it's not on any list hmm. that I've seen.
0: Which is, which seems like a mistake.
1: It's not even on, like, a honorable mention.
0: Yeah, I find that strange. Uh, w- w- but w- what was interesting was Fox's pacing of when they were airing each season was really bizarre. Like, this, I feel like the second season ended a few months ago, <laughs> and then they started the third season, like, maybe a month after they ended the the second season, so there was very few times this year when we didn't have Bob's Burgers, which was pretty great.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely a fan. And I know we've said this the past few weeks, but Bob's Burgers, I heart you for your Christmas special and your Halloween special and your Thanksgiving special. And if if Wikipedia is to be believed, they're going to have a Valentine's Day episode as well. So... <laughs> yeah. So much. I good. feel like
0: Bob's is the perfect show for any holiday. I I I'm I'm not sure what what it is. It's just something about the 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 Belcher family and their sort of watching them go through these rituals is just so great uh, every time. I, I I do think like I said my favorite one of those so far is the Halloween episode, but I could easily see the Valentine's Day episode topping that.
1: Well, we, and the last thing for me about Bob's is that we talk so frequently about uh, how, or at least for us frequently, I guess, about how there are so few shows on television that have any real sense of middle class experience or lower middle class, that is. And this is... One of the few that does. And I really appreciate that. The Bob runs a restaurant. He's always in the restaurant. And that is what happens when you when you have your own restaurant. And the kids are always there working and and the mom is always there working. And and you don't you know, this Christmas episode that they had last week, it was we can't afford presents. At all. We can't afford a dry erase board for a yeah. present. Yeah. You know, so, so having that sort of perspective on the family, you know, the rest of the family sitcoms that are going on there, people are in a giant house in the suburbs. Bob's Burgers, they're in some form of an apartment above their restaurant. And seeing that, that perspective on, and that sort of family dynamic is just, it's wonderful.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what, that, that aspect hadn't even occurred to me because I don't think of people in cartoons as real people. But it's true. Uh, it is absolutely one of the few middle class sitcom, and even like you know shows that purport to be middle class, where you know it's like twenty somethings who don't know what they're doing. There's inevitably like two or three of them who are lawyers or doctors, and seem to float everyone else. Yeah. It's, not, it's not really clear how that works. Uh, yeah. Maybe sexual favors. I don't know.
1: Every apartment is rent controlled, explaining why they're huge.
0: Yeah, and there's none of that on Bob's. Yeah, and yeah, there's very few. that's that's an excellent point to make
1: well the next show that we have is actually one that i feel pairs really well with bobs in that it has a a similar balance of uh, you know fuzzy hearted warmness and character as well as just usually really reliable sort of zany uh, at times comedy and that's parks and recreation it was number six on my list it was number uh 10 on your list why so low
0: why so low it's on the list don't complain it made, yeah. it, it almost didn't make it on uh, <laughs> the thing with parks is you know you have to you have to keep in mind the entire span of the show this year so we're talking about the second half of last season and the first half of, of this new one and there's been a couple of really strong episodes this in the, in the first half of this new season but overall like i, I don't feel like it's been nearly as strong as, as that run we got at the end of last season which includes of course the sort of the end of the election season episodes, which uh, some of which were just incredible. And uh, especially the penultimate episode, which was uh, written and directed by Amy Poehler, pulling a CK, you might say. (laughs) Um, And yeah, just the, uh, I, I do feel like I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about its shelf life. I'm even finding myself hoping that the current season is the last one, just so they can go out on a high note. I know that that's what people think 30 rock is doing right now. And I don't, necessarily agree um i mean 30 rocks all right don't get me wrong but it's no parks but but you know that said it's still probably the best live action comedy ensemble on tv right now or at least the most exuberant and the most fun to watch on an individual and collective basis you know even if they're not necessarily finding interesting things for every character to do in every episode um almost everyone has had a time to shine here or there uh even jerry (laughs) <laughs> and um cherry and uh and that's really really hard to do and uh you're you're right it's absolutely one of the most optimistic shows on tv it, it, in the in a sense it's the anti the the thick of it i guess you could say in terms of what it sees as the possibilities for for for, for individuals and in politics and you know for the advancement of society even if it does find time to be a little bit cynical about that as well
1: well, and perhaps that's why it's so much higher on my list than than yours. <laughs> Just that, because, you know, of the two of us, who's the optimist? I wonder. But no, I do really, I, the reason it is this high, of course, last year it was, what, number two or number three for me? And and I, I absolutely loved last year. This year, I think there's been a lot of really amazing uh, episodes for Parks, but then also a few that have, have lowered the average, shall we say. This is another one of those shows that was better last year. And uh, and there there will be a few more that will that will mention this you know the rest of this top ten, but the the strong you know the last chunk actually not even just the last chunk but the entirety of the previous season that we got at the beginning of this year are all really strong and there's a few series best episodes in there. Of course, the finale is just wonderful. A lot of people really liked the debate. I wasn't as interested in that one, but over the course of, you know, January, I think January like sixth or something like that was one of the first episodes of parks this year, all the way through the, the season finale, this spring was incredibly strong. It had a narrative focus and uh, momentum that has been lacking this season. Um, and so just the strength of that alone, those episodes alone, um, pushes it up higher on my list. And and the the second half of this year, you know, this season that we've gotten so far, it hasn't been as good, it hasn't been as reliable, but I do think they've managed to to not, you know, bungle the, you know, to not fumble the ball in a way that they they might have um or another show might have in the changes that, you know, were implied at the be- the, the end of last season. So the transition of Leslie to councilwoman as well has worked pretty smoothly having having been in april out of the office was a little trickier but in general that they managed to do okay with that so for me it's just you know you have ron swanson you, you have uh andy you have uh just enough consistent hilarious performances and comedy to to keep this as one of the best shows
0: yeah fair enough uh, I i i think the average is maybe slightly lower but uh, yeah, this, we're splitting hairs now. We're
1: splitting hairs. Let's move on to the next show, uh, which I also have four higher than you. I have it at number four, you have it at number eight, and that's Archer.
0: Yes. Uh, Archer, in my head, is actually one of the shows that it wasn't quite as good as last year. Uh, if only because I I think season two, b- barring one or two episodes, it, it's just got so, it's just so chock-a-block full of goodness. And it's also got that... that surprising uh you know cancer arc which is which i can't think of any other show having the balls to pull off um and no parenthood you don't count <laughs> because you're taking an entire season to do it but uh se- season three is as, as much as i did like it and it, it's got some some really great episodes especially the limited which i think is easily a, a top five archer episode you know, it, it, it's 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 a good season, uh, f- for sure, and it, and it it made my list, but it not 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 quite as good as season two. And that, but but you know, we're still talking about a show that ends with a two-parter in space with Brian Cranston. So you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, this this show is just crazy, and I love its energy and its pace, and you know, it's. The, the rapport of the of the cast, and you know, I, I'm a I'm a sucker for screwball comedies. I'm a sucker for any movie where the dialogue is just going so fast that probably it's not as funny as it seems, but it's just so fast and it makes you think it's funny. Yes, <laughs> and I remember there was some conversation about that on, on Bunheads this year that was pretty entertaining for me. Um, but Archer has that, except that all of the really rapid fire conversations that they're having are all hilarious. Um, I do think that the season two cancer storyline was, was quite singular and hilarious and just so unexpected that it was pretty great. But I do think that Archer it's been i I'd have to rewatch both seasons next to each other. Oh darn, such homework. <laughs> uh, but I do think it at, at season three, at least matches season two. Um, in that there's one episode that I wasn't as hot on and you really like that episode that was the murder mystery episode but oh, the rest yes. of them um, just thinking back about what this season of Archer has brought us it's brought us Burt Reynolds it's brought yes. us George Takei and uh, Pam's you know secret life of being a of a drag being a drag racer
0: which was actually my least favorite episode by some distance
1: it's brought us El Contador and uh, and Cecil down in the jungle. I mean, it's it's just a you know just a series of really fantastic episodes. I would agree. The best episode is uh, the limited. Anything with the ocelot is going to be good on my account. And of course, <laughs> look at his little fr- spots. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even mentioned. You know, there's the Justified episode too. You know, there- yeah, well,
0: yeah. What 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 we've called the Justified episode that may or may not have actually been intentional. Oh, um, it
1: had—it's called Bloody <laughs> Furlan. It had to be intentional.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so, so much goodness.
1: For for me, I mean, I know you like to think of it more, um, but for me, this was the most reliable, consistent, falling out of my chair, funny show on television this year, and more people need to check it out. Well, and
0: and this is something I trot out a lot, but and it's going to be slightly complicated by the fact that. Arrested Development is actually coming back next year, which is still a sentence that I can't believe is coming out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, but I do feel like Archer is the, the clearest heir to Arrested Development in terms of just the dense series of callbacks and references to itself. that you know the, the comic universe that the show set up in its first season just keeps doubling back on itself and getting funnier every time. Which is just so hard to do. And the fact that, you know, I, I was I was reading about the way the, the show's produced, and I find it so interesting that Bob's Burgers, the cast, is together in a room. And in Archer, they're not. All the tracks How? are recorded separately. Which is just insane to me.
1: How do they do that? So well edited, guys. Sound yeah. crew, whoever you are that puts that together... Well done. And
0: it has so much to do with Adam Reed's comic sensibility. If you go back and watch C-Lab 2021, or especially um, Frisky Dingo, uh, that show completely sets up the the way the, the, the joke style in Archer is structured, With the, the way you'll have one character saying something, and then maybe three or four other characters in the background just sort of throwing in their two cents at, at just the right moment for, for maximum pleasure. And you know that's taken years and years for him to figure out and the, and he's i think found the best set of characters possible to exploit that with and the fact that fx has has really pushed him to develop these characters and give them backstories and give them real lives and real personalities rather than just them being sort of delivery devices for gags like maybe they were in a show like frisky dingo um i think has has made a, a huge uh difference in terms of his aesthetic
1: well, and it's a, a wonderful example of studio notes being good and being useful and making a show better. I feel like we only hear about notes when they help destroy a show, uh, yes. and so it's good to mention that. You know, part of the reason that Archer—I uh, I don't see as big of a difference as many do between the first season and the second season—but part of what you know did cause that improvement and that the greater in- look into these characters' lives and personalities and histories. Are the notes that that Reed got from the studio, from from the network, that is, and so it's not always a bad thing, and there are plenty of shows where you don't really hear about it, where actually notes can be very helpful.
0: And uh, it's also one of the best looking shows on TV. Gorgeous. In, in any way, uh, the it, it takes like three separate studios to make this show or something. It's, it's 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 ludicrously complicated, and for a show that's so silly, it's nice that in terms of the not just the the visuals but also the the you know, the old-school John Barry-style scoring, uh, that there is no effort spared in making it as 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 cool as possible in every visual and, and oral sense possible. Uh, that's just, you know, delicious icing on the cake.
1: <laughs> well, and the last thing I'll say about Archer, as much as we have complimented the show on its dense mythology and character building and callbacks, this is absolutely a show that you can just jump in on. You don't need to have seen all the seasons of backstory. I mean, I think they're hilarious, so I think why not? But the new season is starting up soon here in January. There's no reason to not dive in.
0: Yes, although frankly, I'm going to be disappointed if they don't reintegrate wee baby Sheamus this season. That was my yes, biggest disappointment about season. Three. I
1: did miss wee baby Sheamus. That's true. Hopefully, we'll see. I, I, we got to. I keep referencing Comic Con. We did get to see an episode of Comic Con, and it was very funny. So we have a, we have at least one episode of goodness coming to us in, in the beginning of January. But let's take another break here, listen to some more clips, and uh, come back and talk about our next set of shows.
0: You want to take me on? You want to take away my children? What's the plan? I don't know.
1: This is the best I could come up with. Okay, I. I will count every minute that the kids are away from here, away from you, as a victory.
0: But you're right. It's a bad plan. I don't have any of your magic, Walt. I don't know what to do. I'm a coward. All I can do is wait. That's it. That's the only good option. Hold on. Bide my time. And wait. Wait for what? What are you waiting for? For the cancer to come back.
1: You're playing Harlan, Roulette. You pull that trigger, I'll give you this whole bomb. Gibbons is a hard guy to kill. That's why I came down here. Who will control every aspect of crime within Harlan? You know, I was figuring maybe you need a little help. Chasing fugitives is a marshal's primary function. These boots aren't made for running.
0: Your account? You have no idea what you're doing.
1: In fact, as far as I can tell, our need for you disappeared the day after you fired us. Mr. Campbell.
0: That'll be enough of that. Mr. Campbell! You and I are going to address that insult. Are you kidding me? No, you're a grimy little pimp. As soon as I raise my hands, I warn you, it shall be too late to run. Fine. You want to take your teeth out, or you want me to knock them out?
1: I know cooler heads should prevail, but am I the only one who wants to see this? Next up is Breaking Bad, which I'm sure listeners will be shocked, shocked to shocked. hear. It came in at number six for you and number seven for me. This was not, this was last year was our number two, I think at the site, number one, maybe at the site. Um, you had it at number two. I had it at either number two. I think I had it at number two actually as well. And so Parks at yes. three. Um, this is another one of those, at least for me, shows that was Significantly better last year than this year, and that's why it's you know that that was reflected as well as the fact that you know I caught up with Archer, I caught up with some of these other shows um, that that ranked higher for me this year. That that reflects why this has been moved down so substantially for me. We've talked, we did our season spotlight back at the end of the half season, I guess, with with Ricky um, this summer, and we talked about a lot of this there. But um, let's let's start with rather than why it's lower. And the specifics of that. Let's talk about Breaking Bad being an amazing show.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I completely agree with you about, about the season not being as good. That's why it's down at number six. But I mean, even an episode, if we had an entire season of, of Breaking Bad that was only as good as this half season's weakest episode, there would still be all kinds of stuff to recommend it. I mean, just the, from the cinematography to the stellar and doesn't get enough credit for music supervision um to the obviously the performances and the intensity and the original soundtracking as well uh every aspect of the show is uh i mean just a- announces Vince Gilligan as a guy who whose every move after the show is over is going to be closely watched to see what, what what you know he could do anything after this he 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 can he can go into films he can do Uh, any, any other, any other series he has his handprint on after this is going to be like, Oh, what's, what's Vince Gilligan up to? Because there's nothing like Breaking Bad. Um, and yeah, obviously you don't need to hear me tell you how good Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston and Anna Gunn, et cetera, et cetera, are, uh, because you've heard it all before, but they are that good.
1: Well, and it's not just them. It's the entire world that has been created here. It's, uh, (laughs) it's everybody's favorite, uh, serial killer. From Friday Night Lights, and it's
0: yes, Jesse Plemons,
1: Jesse Plemons, and uh, and Dean Norris, and I can't remember Marie's name off the top of my head. Uh, Betsy, um, Brash? Betsy Brand. Brandt, Betsy Brandt, uh, giving fabulous supporting performances. It, it's it's Bob Odenkirk as you know as the lawyer who popping up just, you know, as needed. But every time these characters show up in a scene, they're always on. They're always fantastic. I do. I do think that, uh, the, the weak part of the season for me has been, uh, Mike. And that's not to say anything against the performance. The performance has been wonderful. I just think the writing for that character didn't quite work. And it, it created dissonance in my viewing experience where I, instead of watching this show every week and, just um, being amazed at the beauty of the cinematography. And as you said, the fantastic music and the amazing performances, I finished the episode and went, Mike wouldn't do that. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and so some of that, you know, unfortunately that at the end of the year, that's what I take away from this season more than any other specific thing. And maybe that's just because I've come to take this show for granted and not maybe not appreciate just just how amazing every element of this show, or all, at least for me, this season, all but one element of the show, really and truly is. Um, but I certainly, you know, I think that also goes to say, show what a solid year in TV we had. That there, that this, that this show, even with the qualms that I have about this season, is only number seven for me. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, season three of Breaking Bad, especially, is one of my favorite se- seasons of TV ever. It, it's There's not a wasted second in there, and it, it's it's so unpredictable, so exciting, so brilliantly directed, and so brilliantly written and plotted, and this season, you know, especially compared to seasons three and four, so far, I mean, there's just... Breaking Bad's always been a contrived show. The, the, I mean, the whole premise is inherently contrived. It's designed to get a character from point A to point Z and we know what point Z is it's just a matter of, of getting him there you know so it, w- when that's your design obviously you're going to you're you're going to contrive some things along the way but that being said this half season did feel like it was the first one to really betray some of its characters especially Mike uh it, just sort of out in the open and uh i i'm not sure the writers really adjusted to the power vacuum issue in the way that i was hoping they would and I, I think it says something that the aspect of the show that you and I, I think, both find the most fascinating right now, we saw in the first five minutes of this season. Hmm. And where, you know, we get that this flash forward to Walt in the future, and he's got that big-ass gun, and he's in Albuquerque or something. I forget exactly where he is. um And, you know, we just we just want to see that now. Like, yeah. you know, we want to skip all the stuff where, you know, everything everything else happens. We just want to get to... What happens to Walt really, and what happens to Jesse really, especially? And uh, you know, a, a, as much as there were some interesting diversions and some and some amazing moments, and I do think Dead Freight is an amazing episode um, with the train heist and that ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and and little images uh, st- stick out to me as well, like uh, Jonathan Banks hiding out in um, in Laura Fraser's apartment, waiting for her to come home uh just little moments like that will will just will kick around in my brain long after i have forgotten how annoyed i was at certain aspects of this show so i'm very much looking forward to the end game and i I'm, I'm hoping that that uh Vince Gilligan can iron out most of the flaws i i i'm sure i I'm, I'm almost 100% positive he has an incredible finale in mind
1: well we'll see i know that uh they 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 didn't have an end point established at the, when they started season five, they were still kind of figuring out what they were going to do. And, but they've had extra time. And, and, you know, I trust these writers to, to go out on a high note. I think for me, what I'm hoping for in this next half season, you know, which we'll be getting next year, uh, is a, a, get, a return to more personal storytelling. This season, uh, felt like we lost any of the internal story of what was happening with Jesse, what was happening. Uh, we got a lot with Skylar, Skylar, and that was wonderful, but, Everything with with Jesse just felt incredibly glossed over. He had his girlfriend back and then not. And rather, you know, because perhaps they felt rushed with only eight episodes instead of 13, we weren't getting a focus on the characters in a way that we have in the past. So I'm hoping for more of a return to character and then, you know, more of more of what how how does how how does uh, Walt get to that diner on his birthday and
0: uh with that gun with
1: that gun yeah it's it's yeah fabulous tease can't wait to see what happens next
0: yes and yeah i'm 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 also hoping for more focus on jesse in in those last eight episodes because i feel like one of the one of the other reasons season three is my favorite season is because it's the most jesse heavy Mm -hmm. and uh, aaron paul is just so fantastic and that character is really is so is obviously so much more sympathetic than Walt, and everyone involved <laughs> knows it. They're not dumb. Yeah. Uh, so there needs. To, I'm I'm sure there'll be a a a great refocusing on him at the end. But if there isn't, I think it'll be a huge mistake.
1: Yep. Well, we'll see what happens moving forward. Our next show is one that pretty much everybody else thinks had a comparatively off year after last season, and we're I think the only people in the world who like the season more. But that's justified, which came in at number five for me and number three for you. Um, we got uh, we, we had Raylan, you know, have having his the standard Raylan experience with Winona and Boyd. But then we also had Quarles come in. We had Limehouse. We had an a expansion of this world. Um, and, and yeah, for, for, for some a lot of people, more was not more. For me, the overall season, I was good with it. I was good with having Limehouse and Quarles together to try to compensate for the lack of mags.
0: Yeah, you know, you're not going to hear any complete any, um, you're not going to hear any any contradiction from me on how great Margot Martindale was. She was amazing, but you know, for, as great as the Bennett clan was, as season two went along, you kind of felt like the the end was inevitable, and I, I did find it it, it found the it, it gave the finale kind of a rote predict predictability, which is not good for a show like this, which totally relies on its twists and turns and. Um, And it's sort of narrative sleight of hand. And season three was just, was uh, comparatively a lot more chaotic in a good way. You know, you've got so many characters, just for instance, the way Quarles over the course of the season shows up and he's this, he's cool, calm and collected. And he's got this plan for how he's going to distribute drugs and it's actually going to be legal, but he's going to be making, you know, illicit money off of it. It's going to be great. And then as soon as anything starts to go wrong, you just start to see the cracks show up, and by the end of the season, he's just a lunatic. And to, just his arc alone, if, even if you hadn't had Limehouse and Noble's Holler, I think he would have been able to carry most of this most of the season for me, which is well, probably the big difference between me and and uh, and most of the other critics who've seen this season.
1: Yeah, a lot of people seem to have a problem with corals. And I didn't understand that. The particular thing was that, uh, I'm going to mention it again a little later in our in our section on Justified here, but uh, Neil McDonough was fantastic. And I know a lot of people preferred Limehouse to corals. I was 100% in the corals camp. Uh, over over Limehouse but uh to just talk uh, briefly I mean I've enjoyed Neil McDonough for quite a long time I remember him on Boomtown he's fabulous in Band of Brothers and he's just been a reliable actor for a very long time and to see him get to play this you know this crazy crazy character by the end to see to watch like the levels kind of get uh readjusted over the course of the season has been so much fun and to 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 contrast his experience as you know as a father and a family man with Raylan, who now by the end of the season, Winona's pregnant. They're gonna get they're gonna be back together and married. It's implied maybe and living together with their kid and everything. So to contrast Raylan potential family man with Quarles family man was was interesting and a lot of fun. And I think a lot of the season uh, benefited from from the sorts of parallels that you could draw. And with Limehouse versus Quarles. That's one parallel of, of crime from within, crime from outside. But also, you had the the relation to each with Raylan. You had the you know, of course, there's always Raylan and Boyd. Not to mention all the other stuff that was going on this season. But um, yeah. Sorry, you you talk for a while.
0: <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is uh, the end of the season puts Raylan in a position that I can't think too many other TV characters are always looking at being you know an, an a potentially estranged new father. And, you know, so many um, so many dramas either just avoid characters building families or they do it in a way where they're, you know, together and happy. Um, and to see to see this show go in a, in a route that's a little different, but totally sensible for its its characters and its setting is interesting. I'll, I'll be curious to see if we even see much of Winona this season. I'm under the impression she's going to have a, a diminished uh, presence. But well, speaking she is, of Wynonna, she's
1: on the following. So that would affect oh, things. Oh, there you go.
0: Uh, Oh, the following. Ruining everything (laughs) for everyone. Um, But, uh, you know, I was listening to another podcast and I was hearing someone say, uh, you know, I think one of the things that hurt the season was uh, I think it had trouble with its female characters, which I'm having a really difficult time reconciling because, okay, maybe we didn't have Mags Bennett this season, but I thought Ava's material was a lot more interesting this season. Far more interesting. Maybe maybe you don't like that she's paired up with Boyd, which is fine because it's weird. But you know her sort of evolution into uh, you know a sort of a, a, a criminal force to be reckoned with on her own was really interesting to watch, and I thought Winona's material was so much better, this
1: much season. better.
0: Especially one of my one of my favorite line readings of the entire season uh, was, and I, I hope I have this right, but at, when they sort of uh, when they deal for the for the last time with with the issue of the stolen money. And uh, and it, and it's it's her time to fix it, and she does. And she has occasion to say, "What am I, an idiot?" <laughs> uh, or or something to that degree, which was actually an echo of last yeah. season. What do you think I am? An uh, asshole? What am I? What do you think I am? An asshole? <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, just so great, and 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 it, it's as if they knew exactly what they were doing, and mm. I think they did by um you know because the whole arc, the whole brief arc last season with is stealing the money and then having to fix Terrible. it. Terrible. Which was not so. I mean, the episodes were fine. It's yeah. it still a fun watch, but yeah, not the best idea. That was purely invented so that they could have a couple episodes that were set mostly in the marshal's office, so they could save money. That's yeah. the only reason that arc exists. So for them, <laughs> well, to, and to, to give to,
1: Winona something to do.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, two birds, one stone. But um, it, for, for for them to take the time to go back and acknowledge, yeah, that that wasn't so great. Let's fix this now. Yeah. For them to take an episode to do that, I really appreciated that, uh, which is totally how I read that entire episode. I, although I do wish someone at FX would give Justified a little bit of a, a little bit of budget love because it does seem <laughs> like they're 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 strained at times. Oh, the car driving scenes,
1: yeah, um, not as good. <laughs> but but yeah, I, it's still a gorgeous show. It's beautiful. Yes,
0: yes, it is. It's I I love the original score, and I know I know you're particularly a fan of the uh, of the theme tune, and yeah. we, and we haven't given enough love to you know as much as that. It this is a show chock a block full of amazing supporting characters and supporting actors, but it wouldn't really work. Without uh, Timothy Olyphant, who is one of my favorite heroes on this show in TV history. Uh, Just such a wisecracking asshole, but still (laughs) clearly, you know, basically a good person, but not above being a dick uh, when when it's called for.
1: How frequently do we watch shows, particularly cop shows, particularly buddy cop movies, where you have the rogue cop who doesn't play by the rules and and it doesn't ever seem to be an issue and Unjustified, he's the rogue cop who doesn't always play by the rules but he's an asshole to work with yes Everybody hates yeah. working with him and you see him actually get bit in the ass by some of his activities. You know, it, it actually comes back to be an issue from time to time. And, and it's wonderful to see that balance of, you, you see this, this conflict with him because, you know, this all started as a, I don't want to go home, but I'm forced to situation. Uh, so that conflict of him between the, the, the guy who who wants to just be this this cop person with the the internal conflicts of his family and what that you know creates for him, but it feels like a response to the uh, the rigses of the world, as it were. You know, the, the 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 cop who flies off the handle and explodes the city block, and there's never any paperwork. You know, it's, right, yeah. it's such a wonderful contrast. I do want to say again beautiful uh like shot the cinematography is wonderful the sets it has a an extreme sense of place in a way that I think Breaking Bad also does but I I think just glancing over our list here I mean I think that we, we clearly favor shows that have a distinct style and, and a distinct set of place, yeah. sense of place. M- mind
0: you, J- Justified has a has a harder time than any, any other show developing that sense of place, because it's mostly not shot in the place it's supposed to be set in.
1: Exactly, yeah. Um, uh, and the last thing I want to mention uh, is, because of course we talked a bunch about corals we have not talked about Lime Limehouse, uh, that's Michael T. Williamson plays that character, as well as Noble's Holler. I have to mention The Teeth. They were terrible, <laughs> the, the teeth, um, the 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 top fake teeth and the bottom real teeth and the con, you know, every time I looked at Limehouse, I couldn't help but see that. But aside from that, a wonderful performance, a very interesting character, and it gave us it gave us a piggy bank. Uh, <laughs> aside from all of the wonderful history we got with uh, with Arlo and uh, and we haven't also we haven't talked about Arlo's. Uh, arc over the course of the season we didn't talk about dewey and his organs <laughs> this was a really great season of television
0: yeah oh do dewey, uh dewey's ep- episode was amazing and I'll, I'll be i'll be really sad if he doesn't
1: i got four kidneys <laughs> um
0: yeah and I, there had to be at least 10 or 15 moments in this in the season that were that were as funny as anything else on tv from rayland and the old lady with the milkshakes to the piggy bank to et etc to disarming to disarming uh, so many great moments, and yet the last moment of the season is just heartbreaking, and the fact that the show can get away with both is why it's one of my favorite dramas on right now, period.
1: Can't wait for it to come back.
0: In, a, in like a week.
1: Whee! Yay! <laughs> and there was much rejoicing in the televerse. Yes. Our final show of this segment is going to be Mad Men, which for me was at number two, for you was at number four. Um, but again, last uh, this is one of those few shows who came back this year. At, they weren't on last year, but they came back with a renewed vigor and had, if not their best season, top two.
0: Yeah, uh, it's I think second best is probably a- accurate. I think season three is still the high water mark. I don't know what it is with AMC dramas and their third seasons, but both Breaking Bad and Mad Men seem to really hit their stride there. That being said, I think. I've read this elsewhere, and I think it's true. The middle run of episodes from, I would say, Signal 30 to... God. Yeah, where do
1: you cut that off is the thing for me.
0: (laughs) Well, Dark Shadows or or Christmas Waltz, which, you know, at some point before that thing happens with Mm -hmm. with Joan, uh, which I think is our biggest sticking point of the season, uh, particularly the response from other characters. But... With that being said, this was a more adventurous season. It was a much more eventful season than I think we're used to for Mad Men. I mean, there was a suicide and, <laughs> there, was, and there was prostitution and there was all kinds of stuff going on. We're not really used to Mad Men as a show where stuff happens uh, so much. <laughs> it's just sort of watching the, 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 watching the cogs move and, and enjoying sort of luxuriating in the atmosphere. And we got to do that this season, but we also got to have actual things happen, which sounds sounds like me being facetious, but it's it was actually appreciated that they kicked up the the pace a little bit for me. Also, we got less Betty, which I'm sure for you was excellent.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big Betty fan, uh, but I was a big Megan fan. I thought that performance was fabulous. I know some people were not a fan, but I thought I thought her edition was was really quite. You know, quite good. One of the strengths of the season, probably. I know that was a big question mark after last season was what was her role going to be? What was, you know, when we picked up, how would we find them? And I think the arc of their relationship over the course of the season ha- was utterly fascinating to watch. Absolutely compelling. I also, you know, when we're talking about this season, you it, it I think it, it's some of the most visually interesting work that the the crew has done over there in Mad Men I, of course you had uh, far away places which had a different structure and had uh you know had Roger Tripping on acid and
0: yes. it, you know had
1: had all sorts of different interesting cinematic things but each of these episodes had just such visual speci- specificity and and flair it was it was beautiful to watch even down to just the last shot you know of of Don walking away from the set just the the composition and the
0: I actually unfortunately Don walking away from that set isn't the last shot it's the last shot is Don at the bar yes uh, but I, I actually think it should have been the last shot but yes that's such an amazing shot holy shit
1: well and we lo- we love Tom and Lorenzo's you know recaps that taking down just the specific, specific uh costuming designs of what that means about each character and there's so much there there's so much detail to and so much thought put into every little thing that you see on that screen. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah, and even things that other shows, if they ever tried to do them, would just fall so flat, like employing the Beatles, for instance, which every show wants to do, but Mm -hmm. Mad Men can, only Mad Men can get away with, both in the sense of licensing fees Mm -hmm. and in the sense of uh, finding an interesting use. One of my favorite moments of the entire season was, uh, was just Megan bringing home Revolver and playing to, and for some reason, going to Tomorrow never knows if she's the closing tune, and you know, and she thinks it's just the the best thing ever. It's mind blowing. It's new, and Don just isn't having it. And it's that moment when he, when we realize that he's a little bit out of out of touch, and among among other things, that scene closes into, um, such an amazing use of that song. And uh, there was all kinds of clever, um, uh, music, uh, music cues in the season as well. And hey. We also got Peter and Lane fighting, which was just, <laughs> such I, a I highlight. remember, I remember, um, when the, even before the fight began, just when you realized that it was going to be a thing and Roger saying, I just really want to see this happen. I know everyone's I mind.
1: shouldn't, we shouldn't let this. I know end. cooler
0: head should prevail, <laughs> Yeah, but, but am I the only one who really wants to see this? <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, just, just even before the fight happened, I was on the floor. Uh, that yeah. was such an amazing moment.
1: Absolutely. Well, and uh, and then we also had, outside of the office, and I know we had significant issues with the other woman, the, the Joan episode, and particularly Roger in that episode, but as, as, taken aside from Roger's reaction, taking, taking Roger's reaction out of that equation, every other part of that episode I love. So I don't agree with the way that Roger reacts. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't think that would necessarily happen but I still have to acknowledge that that is a beautifully made episode of television and, and beautifully performed by especially Christina Hendricks and John Hamm. Also, John Jared Harris gave such wonderful, uh, wonderful performance over the course of the season as Lane, but then we also had great stuff with Sally and even uh was it is it Glenn? Yes. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Betty as we've already stated, but I liked the the you know the conflict with uh with Harry, uh, Henry's mother and again the the material that Sally got there and there was just so much to love about this season of Mad Men. I, I have another show at my number one spot because it's a more personal favorite, but I if I had to just act, you know, categorically say which is you know, not personally but just objectively the best show on television this year, it would be Mad Men for me.
0: Oh, that's an interesting idea. I I, I can't think an objective uh it it just can't be done. I don't my brain doesn't have that mode. So I <laughs> applaud you. Um but uh you know in terms of Betty's stuff, I I actually really loved her her weight struggles and especially in the first part of the season. I thought like where else on T V are you gonna see that idea tackled seriously?
1: Mm-hmm. Where else on TV are you going to see the show take one of its main characters and have her quit and, and switch jobs? In a workplace show, what other show is going to have Peggy leave the office and go to a completely new office? You know, what other show is going to have the balls to do that? And they do.
0: Yeah. And speaking of Peggy, what other show is going to have the, the, the fortitude to have the sort of relationship that Don and Peggy do? Without it ever being sexualized, mm-hmm. I don't. I can't think of any. And the the fact that it's never gone there t- doesn't feel like them purposely being clever. It just feels like what would happen. Like it yeah. it, it, it feels accurate. So um yeah, I, I'm really hoping this this doesn't mean we get less Peggy next season because she's probably the best character on the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and to to go off the, the the that relationship with the two of them, I we also see the we see a bit of a what if with with Don and Joan this season. And that's another relationship that's never gone towards a sexualized place. But I like that, th- that they clearly differentiate those two relationships. It's it's like with with Joan and, and uh, Don, you get the sense that maybe they've both thought about, hey, wouldn't it be nice if, but they both know it would be a disaster. Whereas yes. with with Peggy and Don, that doesn't even come into the equation because she's not a woman. She's Peggy. You know, she, right? And and he's Don. And yes, they have a very close relationship, but it's not it, it's just it's so personal. It's not even their gender doesn't even come into it other than Don's mommy issues, but
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> we love Mad Men.
0: Yes. And uh, I, I I guess it has two seasons left. Yes. Uh, I think that's the idea unless AMC decides to go and pull a Dexter and just keep adding seasons until it's until everyone involved is dead. Uh, but yes, I think that that sounds like a good number of seasons to add.
1: Well, they're going to run out of, uh, they're going to run out of sixties. Um, and, and I think there's, there does seem, it seems like we're getting to the end of what feels like a natural end for the show. So I'm actually, I feel, I would feel a little better if there was only one season left, actually, as much as I love the show, but I, I'm sure that the, the team over there will, will pull out some fabulous new stories for us to, to keep us, you know, invested in these people. That being said, let's take another break and uh, listen to some more clips and music, and come back with our top each of our number one picks.
0: My name's Louis C.K. I, I was sent here, uh... sent here. What are you, letter? Nobody sent you uh, well, I. He told me that I should contact you about the uh, late show thing. That I, he said, well, I have a test show in like two months, and you're gonna pick up one of those cards. Excuse me? I said, pick up one of those cards. These cards? Yes. You stand there. And you stand there. Hold up the card. Uh, Read the card. Okay. President Nixon today... uh took you 1 minute and 12 seconds to tell one joke it's too long um, no i i didn't i didn't comedy really. is about timing son timing you got to get them you got to tell them okay work I, on your speed come back on wednesday
1: Think about doing something different this year I mean really different Ooh, They swing you Stick your hand in the beehive You're gonna get stung That's over the line
0: Even for you You got to let them
1: know That you ain't afraid oh, That's easy for you to say No it's not This town can't make it up. We're down to our number one picks at this point. I know the way that we structured this, it might be somewhat confusing to keep track of what all of our lists were, but now, now we have your number one pick for this year. This was our number one pick last year, both of our number one picks Um, It's my number three this year, Louis.
0: Yes. uh, It's still my number one, and thank you, Sound on Sight. It is the the site-wide number one, uh, which, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it Breaking Bad last year?
1: Yes, I believe it was Breaking Bad last year. This year, Breaking Bad is our number two.
0: See, I find that fascinating because I think almost everyone would agree, and even I would technically agree, that Louis season two was a hair a teensy little bit better than season three. Uh, to to me, a very slight difference for other people, not so much. Um, but maybe it's just because Breaking Bad was so obviously not as good as last year that it just fell. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm happy to see. It was actually like a very clear number one. Like, it, we, we didn't have the points or the number of votes on our feature, but it, it beat it by like 20 points, which is pretty significant, uh, especially for a show that less than half a million people apparently actually watch <laughs> on television, which is sad. But, you know, Louis, God... I uh I I'm I'm sad that we're not going to be getting it again this year but man Louis CK deserved a break and I'm glad he took it you know this is the third year in a row that he's written produced directed uh this season co-edited starred in every single episode uh you know 13 half hours in uh, organized a little bit differently this season and it was more ambitious than any previous season was the hit to miss, hit to miss ratio quite as good as last season? Probably not. There were a couple episodes here and there that weren't quite as good, but I would say that every episode contained at least one incredible moment. And you know, the the fact that the show is so personal, the fact that it, it's it's uh, you know it's been called, and I have called it you know the only real auteur project on television, and the the fact that it's still so personal so um so af- so surprisingly affecting it's one of the best shows in terms of getting you and uh and and sort of putting you in a new emotional space out of nowhere uh think of for instance the end of uh the daddy's girlfriend two-parter which was actually probably my favorite tv moment of 2012 um
1: more on that next week
0: <laughs> uh yeah more more on that next week um just I, I i don't know i i find myself without words when i try to think of all the things that are good about louis just from the guest stars to which i admit there were too many of the season but some of them were just so great and you know, to, to the the use of the kids to the music to the cinematography Ah, oh, just stop me talking stop me
1: talking <laughs> Well, yeah, this was this was a fabulous season of television. As much as I do agree, last season was a little better. Um, this and that that's why you know I don't have it as my number one this year. But the just the the inventiveness, you know, watching Louis really experiment with form, do you know increases continuity. Yes, there like you say there were some missed episodes, but you know even the the Robin Williams and then what is it, it was never. Was it, that was the two-parter yeah. that's still head he can't eat carbon uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and and never throwing a rug out the window I mean every every episode had something that was just hilarious whether or not it you know it prompted me to laugh out loud or you know it's still objectively as far as i'm concerned hilarious <laughs> as much as anything can be objectively hilarious the the thing about this season yes there were too many guest stars but i will take too many guest stars if it means that we get david lynch i will take too yeah. many guest stars if it means that we get the the you know we get uh Parker Posey as as Liz, you know, did all of them work? No, but the the overall percentage was just so high. the The batting average, if you were for for Louis, this season was just fantastic. And I feel like in all of the buzz that get that the Late Show three parter gets, and the Daddy's Girlfriend two parter gets, I think there are some of the early episodes that don't get enough appreciation when when talking about this season. I think Miami was fantastic. I really liked the premiere. I know other people were a little, t- uh, you know trepidatious about the season based on the the premiere but i thought it was great
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh and, and then the increased uh, you know we we got some more expressionist moments you know when we have uh louis daughters you know spouting into like was it ukrainian or something yes yeah
0: or or when we get that brief uh uh i guess mental flash forward of them talking about about him it's like oh he's god it's so sad have you seen him lately yeah <laughs> and and just generically spouting with their problems or and and also we had way more continuity this season which is one the one thing i would not have expected yeah um which you know why why is there co- and uh, again it's 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 him zagging where you expect he might zig you know after two seasons of having re- no real continuity except for maybe um the Pamela Adlin character and having the same kids around this season oh i'm going to have some continuity why because i feel like it
1: and I can, because I'm Louie, and, and this is my and show. I can.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so here we even had callbacks to season one, which I wasn't expecting, and uh, and all that was was really interesting. And God, I could just keep on going. I, well, I, the I love mu- his... so Let's
1: talk about the music.
0: Yeah, the original music is incredible, especially in in the in the Daddy's Girlfriend episodes. Um, the the way that he handles uh, love and romance, I find particularly affecting. In in the sense that you know, there's gonna be more, there's gonna be more misses than hits. Let's just say, and uh, <laughs> in and, life, and, yeah, in life, and so much of television is focused on p- people who are already married, or you know, people who are you know, forever couples or whatever. Yes. People uh, they have in, a meet in, cute,
1: and they, it's faded in the stars. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah, and and on Louis, it's almost all failure, and maybe that's overcompensating, but. Um, but it's still something you're not going to see anywhere else. And, and it's not, and and, and, again, it's, it's a, it's a cliche, but it's, it's inspiring to see him get up and try every time he gets knocked down, which is what's so great about the late show three-parter because it's all, that's what it's all about. And he even employs the Rocky theme and it actually (laughs) works like the way, the, the way that he finds ways to find fresh angles and new approaches to old concepts and make them feel fresh and make them feel real is just incredible to me
1: yeah it's 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 fantastic auteuristic filmmaking on a weekly you know basis as you know basically and i think it's great that he's taking this next year off i would much rather have him take the british approach of do a season when there's something to do a season about yeah. than you know to get him uh overly worked and and run out of ideas and then have the show become less than it is yeah. and less uh, personal
0: I mean, the fact that he even did it already three years in a row is already ludicrous and, like, Mm. not even plausible. Well,
1: while he was also having a flourishing stand-up career and doing his special and everything else that he's been doing as well, I mean, it's just And raising
0: two kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And showing up
1: (laughs) on Parks and Rec and being hilarious at the start of this year.
0: Yeah, so many things. Like, in fact, it's not just something Louis should do. More shows should take years off every once in a while. Yeah. You know? get those creative juices flowing it was it was great for mad men mm-hmm. think about how good it could be for so many other series
1: yeah absolutely absolutely um let's see favorites oh should we wait on favorite moments and in case it comes up next week our favorite guest star or favorite performance
0: i i think we should wait Okay, uh, but we'll do it next week but but you know david lynch david I lynch i mean
1: come on well and, and david just...
0: david motherfucking lynch
1: and then of course that was that was the episode where I was in uh, Toronto, so we got to actually watch it together, and that was so much fun. Just like wait, is that is that is that? Oh my is god, that, it is. Yeah. Holy crap! <laughs> Television is so wonderful right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, oh we love you, Louis. Uh, so glad to have it. You know, this season, and I look forward to when it'll come back. Uh, our final show is my number one, your number two. And I don't think it should be too much of a surprise to anybody who's been listening to the televerse with any regularity recently. It's Treme. One other the show was going to be my personal number one, even if maybe it's not objectively the best. And, uh, I just, I love this show. It's going to be next week when we talk about discoveries or, or, or favorite moments. Treme going to be all over the, all over the place there, at least for me. But, um, so, I mean, you had seen season one when it aired. I, you know, caught up with all of it this year. What was that experience like for you? And uh, what put this so high on your list this year?
0: I'm sure I've said this before, and I, I hate to repeat myself, but the main thing that happened in between me watching Treme season one and watching Treme season three is I saw a whole lot of television. And I think in the interim, as, as much as I did, I did like season one uh, when I watched it on sort of a weekly basis. Um, you know, coming off of The Wire, I was really excited for a new David Simon series. Um, and this was not really what I was expecting. And I I think, and and I think it's what a lot of people, um, went through when Treme first appeared. You know, it's so much more casually paced. There's so much less of, uh, of an antagonist relationship between characters. Uh, the only thing really it has in common with the wire is you've got lots of characters, and it's the story of a city, as opposed to the story of any one individual. Uh, but you know, beyond that, they're they're so different. And coming back to Treme for this uh, last full length season, I uh, I was able to appre- to more fully appreciate the uniqueness of what they're doing. And I, I almost feel like it's a bit of a cop out that my my top two shows are s- almost refuse to engage with typical tv form like it's almost like i don't even like tv i just like these things that aren't like the rest of the tv so you know, i feel like a dick for that you know maybe i should have happy endings and new girl or something on my list but i i, I just couldn't do it when there's something when there's something like treme which is just you know in terms of the incorporation of live and pre-recorded music and in terms of the ridiculous bounty of great character moments and great acting moments and great writing moments and just and the feeling of warmth and humanity and inclusiveness and struggle. Just, you know, there's, there's nothing else like it around.
1: I know a lot of people have, um, have parenthood in their top tens. We don't have that here, but it's been one of those shows that I'm very glad to be catching up with this season. Uh, And of course for, for us with parenthood, the most uh, successful storyline, the thing that's really made the show come together has been the cancer storyline um, that 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 has been so beautifully executed, particularly by Monica Potter. And and it's the show that will get you to cry every week. It's just going to happen because it's just, that's the kind of show that that is. Treme sparks that kind of intense, true emotion in almost every episode. You have a ca- cancer storyline, but it's not trying to, they're not trying to pair that with, oh, and the zaniness of having to raise kids and everything. It's It's a far more, it's not, not. Parenthood is is very realistic in what it's looking at, what the kind of life and people that it is looking at. Tremay, yes, you have cancer, but you still have to go to work. Uh, y- yes, uh, yes, you got assaulted at your bar. But you still you're going to make sure that you're there opening it up because screw anybody who's going to try to stop you from doing from living your life. Just the 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 strong emotion that it compels in, in me that that I feel for these characters. I mean, I don't like all of them, but I sure as hell care about them and want to see what's going to happen next. And I think because it's not afraid to have terrible things happen to these characters, the the, the tragedies make the triumphs stand up all the more. And I know in our in our season spotlight, which was so much fun to do, th- there's a reason that we talked for this, the previous season, for what was that, like almost an hour?
0: <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous.
1: Sorry, Dave. <laughs> we also, yes, thank you, of course, thank you to Dave Walker who joined us for that. We didn't even really talk about, for example, Melissa Leo watching Godot this season. Just that those five seconds of her reaction kill me just thinking about it.
0: Yeah, because why what other show is gonna have one character endure so much so that when we get that moment of payoff that we don't even see coming like it's it's not it's like what what's so great about that moment is she just kind of breaks down watching Godot and it's not as if there's any one reason that she's doing it. It's just this accumulation of stuff. And it's not as though it's happening at a particular moment. It's just why not then you know why, why why wouldn't it be then it's not it's not a it's not the end of a season she's not coming to some great moment of closure or some great revelation she's it's not just...
1: rushed to the hospital cause, yeah cause no, her she's daughter... not hysterical no, it's
0: yeah she's just it's just a, a a heavy moment and you know people you never just see people have heavy moments on television No, but you know i have them all the
1: time that happens so... in life all the time yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's just a heavy ass moment um And yeah, so many great plot lines. I mean, I I felt like there was a a higher ratio of plot lines that worked versus plot lines that didn't for me this season. I mean...
1: Even just performances.
0: Yeah, and performances too. And you're talking about dozens and dozens of performances, great ones, and just the ability to watch people like Wendell Pierce and Clark Peters and... Candy Alexander. Candy Alexander, Anthony Anderson uh, joining the crew this season and and being great and reminding us that he can do that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, poor Anthony Anderson and um, Kim Dickens, obviously. Uh, Steve Zahn,
1: so
0: Steve Zahn. We I mean, we could just keep listing everyone if we wanted to. Yeah, um, but and even people that didn't work for me in previous seasons, like Sonny, mm-hmm. managed to redeem himself by the end of the season. And and by the end, you know, when we got that that marriage scene, I was tearing up, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but th- th- this, that's how this show works on you.
1: Well, and uh, and even characters like you said, Sonny... I, I I'm not a fan of Sunny. It's clear in my in my recaps. I'm not a fan of Sunny, but yeah, like you said, by the time he gets to the end of the season, I I care. And somebody like Sophia, who I had this significant issue with in the past season, I thought her arc this season almost retroactively made me like her better last season. Yeah, that's Indian Air Ananga, who's the actress. Uh, but just the way that they so so gently, I guess, showed. How, in the mardi gras episode which was gotta be like series best right that, that mardi gras episode so good just the 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 brief conversation with with her with with the melissa leo's character and the ex-boyfriend showed every little thing about why that character had gone on that arc and, and then when you see her sitting i'm gonna get all choked up but you see her sitting by the river watching people scatter the ashes, you realize everything that's happened to her in the past two years is because her dad killed herself. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm getting all choked up. We talk.
0: I will talk. Um, And, you know, and it's funny because you, you, you reference the suicide and, like, the main thing that didn't work for me about season one was John Goodman's character who felt like such a clear analog for, for David Simon, even if maybe he was meant to reflect some other real personage. And I would not expect that, uh, you know, things that would reference his characters so clearly uh would work for me but but it does and that's again that's the the power of of good writing and um and good plotting good character work and uh yeah and the the fact that we've only got a half season left of this just feels criminal to me
1: well that being said they still ended the season so so very well i mean if if this had been the the last episode it would have gone out with its head held high. Um, yes, it would
0: it would have died exactly as it lived, basically.
1: <laughs> the last thing I do want to mention, because uh, it's so easy to talk about the the more emotional elements of this this uh, season and this series. Let's talk about some of the comedy. Let's talk about David Morse getting some action. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, just the badassness of Ladonna and Albert becoming friends. You're like, oh, there's so much badass at that table.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was all great, and we haven't even mentioned the music. I mean, oh
1: god, yeah, the
0: music, the music,
1: uh, and and
0: the fact that I love that they that they found time to even fold in the New Orleans metal scene this year. Like, why not? Like, you really, and I love that they made, um, you know, the the reporter character a a metal fan just so they could do that. Like, that, that was so transparently <laughs> the only reason they did that. Because it's not like it's not like any of the jazz heads are going to be into metal. Um, mm-hmm. so that that was but hey they they decided it was important to do and i and i i thought it was a nice touch um and yeah just so much i mean i i, I don't want to start listing stuff but everything from the fats domino scene to mm-hmm. every, every other aspect really of Steve on trying to assemble his his blues opera um and even the uh his uh we didn't actually talk about it much when we did our season spotlight but i, I really loved just how simultaneously awkward and hilarious and rousing and kind of stupid his uh his sort of rap was that mm-hmm. went viral. Like it was just it was so perfect to, for that character. It was like, oh, I wouldn't call this exactly good, but it is very DJ Dave.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's the the music this season, of course I could raps I could wax rhapsodic about the, the Fad's domino thing for just twenty minutes. I could talk about how those 16 bars of performance are better than most every music that's been on television in any form all year. I could, you know, I could go on for a half an hour about why that is just the detail of those 16 bars are so amazing. And people who think that reality singing competitions have good singers need to actually watch them some Treme and see some seasoned veterans doing this stuff um but aside from that i also i mean i t- talked about you know in the season spotlight i loved the 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 music we got and the performances we got from the Mardi Gras Indians there was such passion and intensity there but but that that you know we didn't even really talk about John Bouté showing up again and and how how you know his, his one of his songs is the theme song for this show and, and he's come up several times kermit comes up several times they have certain people that they have as go-to's on the show and it just makes it such a real world Every you know the fact that you know you see character details like they're wearing the same clothes. You see them in the same places, always drinking the same stuff, eating the same stuff, mm-hmm. and it just it builds this community. And 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 so, so I mean I feel like I could walk down I could go to New Orleans and I could walk down Frenchman Street and step maybe step into the right place and see. The, one of the bands from this show, like halfway through a set, I, I feel like I could walk into this show in, in a way that even, you know, something that has such a strong sense of place like Breaking Bad or Justified, th- they feel like their own universes that aren't necessarily ours. Yeah. Treme feels like it's happening right now, or in the past when it's actually said, but it feels like, <laughs> you know, like four years ago or whatever, it feels like it's yeah. happening right now.
0: Yeah. And, you know you know, another sign that you're watching something special is... Someone like Emeril Lagasse can come on Treme, and which is a which is a, a, a fictional show. But by appearing on this fictional show, he actually has more credibility than before. Yeah, he was he was on it. Like that's how good the show is, and that's how that's how much integrity it has. That being on this fictional show is Makes worth more three like street him. cred oh, yeah. than Top Chef, for instance. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I do like him more on Top Chef now. After it was like, oh, he was decided to go be okay, I guess on Treme. Okay.
0: That makes him all right. I guess he's right.
1: cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's Absolutely. really only because
0: he's pals with Anthony Bourdain, I suppose, who we should also give some props. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, whatever works.
1: Absolutely. You know, we'll take it. i will take it. So I'm so glad we get these next, was it four, five episodes? I
0: think five episodes. Five
1: episodes. I need to I don't have these DVDs somehow. I have, like, four seasons of The Big Bang Theory, uh, most of which were a gift, I promise. Um, But I don't have any (laughs) Treme, and that's that's just wrong. So I'm going to have to wait for these after Christmas sales and just go splurge, because I need the CDs, because I... You know, I'm old school, I guess that way, quasi old school, and I need the DVDs and I need to I need to introduce all of all of my musician friends, all of my friends who are would be willing to sit down and watch this to this this wonderful show.
0: Yep, I agree. It's 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 not quite as uh, as personal an experience for me as Louis is, but uh, it's it's some damn good stuff.
1: And I think that's, Louis, is your number one, Treme's my number one. I think when it comes to a list like this, there has to be an element of a personal relationship with the show. And yeah. uh, if this show was terrible and had the same music performances, I would still love this show. So the <laughs> fact that it is, you know, it's actually so well made and has such wonderful music. I, I think that that's perhaps the largest theme of our entire list. Looking down at the list, they pretty much all have really good music.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Even Louie, which I mean is a show on no budget. Especially Louie. Yeah. Is uh doesn't and it doesn't get enough props for its score either.
1: Absolutely. Well, that uh, wraps up our top 10 lists. Uh sh- should we go down and say them in order or do you think people get the gist?
0: Uh I think people got it. If if Yeah. We we'll, we'll, we can post it with the on the in the metadata if people feel like it.
1: Yeah. Let's uh take a, a few mo- moments though for some of the the shows that just missed What should uh, which ones were in? You know, I know that for both of us, we had like six, seven, eight, something like that shows that we're sure we were going to be in the top ten, and then a few, you know, like a next bunch vying for those bottom few spots. What were some of the other ones that were in contention for you?
0: Well, obviously, the two that were on yours that didn't make mine, Wilfred and and the Fades, are are both good candidates. Um, Surprisingly, shockingly, as I as I addressed last year, uh, last week. Um, I was shocked at how much I enjoyed this season of American Horror Story. I, 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 there were even moments while watching it that I thought this, this is, this is top ten worthy. It's just, it's so fun, so ridiculous, so much better than the first season, so much less insulting than the first season. <laughs> um, so many fun performances, uh, so pulpy and ridiculous and upsetting. And yeah, I've disgusting. read
1: some <laughs> synopses. You're right, I should not watch this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it sounds like it's fun.
0: <laughs> yes, and Ian McShane is a homicidal Santa Claus. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> um, so yes, those are all good candidates. Uh, I, I would have liked to have had room for one of the newer network sitcoms that I enjoy, like New Girl, or uh, or even uh, Ben and Kate, I have to say. But, um, but I just didn't, uh, so props to them in general but didn't didn't quite make it in there um uh I don't know l- l- lots of shows on the, on the cusp none of them quite made it
1: yeah for me the 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 single show that I felt like as I was putting my list together the one I was like oh should I switch it out for the fades was beep because upon thinking back you know it's just for example, I talked about how uh, Breaking Bad left somewhat of a sour taste in my mind. When I thought back on the show, the first thing that popped to mind was my issues with Mike. When it comes to Veep, the first thing that pops into my mind is the hilarious physical comedy of <laughs> of, uh, of Julia Louise Dreyfus and, and how well that, that whole group came together. Uh, also, Game of Thrones, such such great... Of course, the trouble with Game of Thrones is that about a third of the stuff did not work at all. Now for me was Daenerys and Jon Snow. But the stuff that did work was so good with Arya, with Sansa, with with uh with with Brienne and Jamie, with uh with even um with, of course Peter Dinklage, but you know so much of that was just fantastic week after week nailing it. Um and then girls, we haven't talked about this. I know it's not your favorite new show, but upon you know thinking back at the time i wasn't as as big a fan of about a third of the show i thought two thirds was really strong a third not as much um but i do think it's a rather remarkable achievement for a first uh first season of television and also and you know that's another very auteuristic show and you know (laughs) lena dunham is younger than me and she's putting out girls it's one of those (laughs) like oh god do you feel bad
0: yet (laughs) You feel bad.
1: Uh, whenever I'm feeling too good about my accompli- accomplishments, I remember that Beethoven was composing music that he w- did not have long enough feet to play when he was five. So, you know that that helps keep me not too uh, high on my own horse. Yeah. But uh, uh, l- luckily,
0: I n- I never feel high on my own horse, so I never have this problem.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's it, I mean I, I think the the new comedies, New Girl, was fantastic this year um and you know all year all all year long probably last season a little bit better than this season so far but i think i feel like it was the comedies this year more than anything else like the new shows we had girls we had uh we had uh we've really liked Ben and Kate some other shows but i feel like the dramas were for the most part a dud for for the second year in a row last year had homeland uh, this year we didn't have anything like Homeland, uh, and
0: we didn't like Homeland as much.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Homeland wasn't like Homeland. Uh, but I really, you know, it was a year for the for the comedies, at least.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, hopefully with we're going to do our 2013 preview in a couple of weeks, but um, I think, but yes. uh, <laughs> but hopefully I, I'm I'm hoping FX can can correct that with uh, with the Americans,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: we'll see. They've got a great drama track record, but everybody screws up now and again. Um, yeah, I agree. It was all about the comedies this year in terms of new stuff.
1: Well, we've teased it enough. Uh what, one more time here at the end. Next week we'll be back with uh our New Year's Day episode which will be sort of a best of the rest. So It's going to be a ep-
0: miscellany we're going to be drinking. It's going to be weird.
1: We're going to be drinking? Good to uh, know.
0: Oh, we, we, I mean, I, I just invented that, but we could be.
1: <laughs> well, oh, we'll we'll get back to you on that. Um but uh <laughs> But yeah, best episodes, best performances, best surprises. It's going to be a lot of fun, at least for us. Hopefully you'll enjoy it too. Hooray. So, as ever, thank you guys for listening. Uh, our intro and outro music is Sweet Petite" by the Bicycles. You can find a post, this post up at soundonsite.org. We would love to hear from you guys what your favorite shows were this year, what were horrible heathens for leaving off our lists. Probably we're going to get some feedback about community, I would imagine, uh, for, from that. But uh, let us know what you think, what, uh, what we should check out next year that maybe we didn't this year. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys. Of course, we're both on Twitter. I'm at the Televerse. You are?
0: I'm at Sucker howl.
1: Of course, you can always reach us by email as well, theteleverse at gmail.com. So once again, thank you all for listening. I'm going to send us out with a slightly different outro than usual, but uh, we will be back next week with another episode of The Televerse. Cheeky, darling,
0: what the fuck was that? What you mean? I'm looking for nasty on this. Davis, if I put any other bad word in there... It's not gonna be played on the radio. They're gonna have to bleep the motherfucking song. Is it gonna be on the radio ever? This is my manifesto, my goodbye. Fuck the radio, fuck the music industry. <laughs> this is gonna say exactly what I wanted to say. No half ghetto bullshit, please. Oh, you want full ghetto? Yeah. Ghetto it is. <laughs> Dude, all right, great. Uh, full ghetto from the top. You know, folks one thing positive we can take away from the storm, or rather I should say the federal flood. First you say I could, now you say I can't, then you say I should, and now you say I shan't. Uh, And yes I admit I'm the Robert fucking plant, but you're supposed to support me, you were my favorite aunt, So I'm a business, y'all can have your fun, find another whipping boy, cause DJ Davis, he ain't the